Hey guys, welcome to the Found It podcast. This time around, we talk to Janesh. He's the CEO and founder of Sprive, an app that's helping you get mortgage-free faster and easier. We talked to him about trying to get the world mortgage-free, coming from big finance to start up a new startup and raising investment during COVID. Check it out. Is it recording? Yeah, it's recording. All right. So, uh, hi Janesh, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, the first question we always ask people is, uh, why did you want to become an entrepreneur? Why give up the nine to five and start your own company? Yeah, I mean, my background is uh, investment banking. So I worked at Goldman Sachs for about 14 years and I didn't start off you know, thinking I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It kind, of, it kind of happened. I think organically, I used to love watching like Dragon's Den and um, when I'm in the pub, I'm a few points, I always have these like crazy ideas of, of kind of launching my own, my own business. But it wasn't something I seriously considered until probably about two years ago. Um, a colleague of mine that I that I worked with um, kind of grabbed me and, and asked me if I wanted to do, kind of go into business with him, and that kind of got me thinking. And and so from there, kind of Spore was born. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't something I said I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It kind of it kind of just organically happened, and, and um, I'm now now I'm there. Oh, so is anyone else in like your family or people you know entrepreneurs or you kind of, is this something that you kind of just jumped into the deep end and done yourself without kind of any blueprint that anyone you know already does? So my uh, grandfather was an entrepreneur and uh, he started his own construction business. And my dad, my dad was, um, he had a nine to five job and then he'd come home, have dinner, and then he would start his own business. Um, doing kind of consultancy services. So he had like, he did kind of a bit of both. Um, so he, he had like an entrepreneurial kind of spirit within him as well to kind of uh, get us through, um, get us through kind of private education. So, um, yeah, a bit of, a bit of, a bit of both to be honest. Oh, cool, man. So do you think that kind of, that kind of, you know, like you said, your father, like having a job, but also like kind of building a business on the side, do you think that's kind of built that kind of, entrepreneurial spirit within you or do you think that's kind of had a big effect on you at all i think it has i i think for, there's some people that you meet and they just institutionalized into being an employee and for me i i kind of remember being at university thinking i'd love to start my own business but i didn't know how and from and you know i fell into the corporate ladder and i was just trying to get as you know as senior as, as, as possible as, as, as possible um, but uh, I like the idea of kind of changing the world and um, looking back on my life and, and kind of thinking, wow, I, I made a, I made a big difference. Um, and working for someone else, you're always going to you know, be working hard and making them money. And you know, for me, it was it was all about, well, if I did my own thing, you know, the potential is limitless, and that's and that's kind of really exciting. And so, um, you know, that kind of that kind of really excites me, and that's why I kind of you know, moving away from the corporate corporate kind of world is, is, is you know has been good. So, was Sprive sort of how, how did that come about? Was that your first idea, or did you like sort of band ideas about brainstorm ideas? Yeah, so I mentioned that a colleague of mine grabbed me and, and was like, "Let's let's 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 do something together." But we didn't really have an idea. So every day we'd kind of go after work, get our laptops out. Um, and start kind of brainstorming ideas. So like we probably went through five or six ideas until we landed upon kind of Sprive. Um, and it really was based on my own mortgage experiences. And so I just give you some context. So I bought my house about eight years ago and I had a, a quite a big mortgage. And I remember getting my mortgage offer document and it said for every pound I'd borrow, I'd pay like 50p in interest. And I was like, 
oh my God, that's uh, you know, a crazy amount of cash. And so um, we started getting, going very aggressive into, into trying to chip away our mortgage and, and pay it off. Um, which we, we were, you know, in, in a great position that we, you know, we were able to do that. Um, and that kind of got me thinking around just how people manage their mortgage today. And is it in the best possible, you know, best possible way financially to help them save money? Um, and then from that, we kind of brainstormed and kind of digged a little bit deeper and kind of looked at the problem there. And we, um, and then we, you know, decided that, you know, Sprive was, was the, you know, the right solution and we started building that. I, I I love the idea. So um, obviously, I reached out on LinkedIn when um, I saw one of your posts um, talking about it, and I think it's a fantastic idea. I think. Do you think? Do you think there's an element of um, sort of educational behavioural change? Because obviously, when you get a mortgage, you, know, you obviously see uh, you know twenty five years, thirty years, and you kind of ex- you know I guess in today's society, you kind of ex- you expect that's how long I'm going to be paying the mortgage for. Um, are you guys doing stuff around sort of educating people as well? Um, sort of just making them more aware? Yeah, and that's a huge part of um, what we're trying to do. So we're trying to change behavior. So yeah. the average person will get their mortgage and kind of forget, almost forget about it. Maybe obviously when the deal expires, they'll, they'll start to think about switching to a better deal. But besides that, it's kind of accepted that you borrowed money from, the, from your bank and so you have to pay them interest. Um, so we're doing a lot of it around education. So especially using things like social media, we've got our blog on our website, um, to kind of explain to people that there is a better way of managing your mortgage. It, you know, your lenders don't want you to pay them less interest. And, and generally people think interest rates are low, but because house prices, you know, property prices are so expensive, you actually end up, um, paying a lot of money, um, over the kind of the 20, 30, 40 years that you have the mortgage. Um, and so just by doing things like whether it's chipping away and, and making mortgage overpayments or um, jumping loan to value thresholds, so the next time when you remortgage, you can get access to better deals or improve your credit score or just your spending before you, you know, before you apply for mortgage. There's so many things you can do to actually pay your lender less money. And so the idea is, is that the average person doesn't have time, can't do all the maths, can't do all the calculations, etc. And so with smart technology, we can kind of put that all into an app. You just onboard, um, and the idea is is that you know, over time we're just helping you just save money, and and and, uh, and you can kind of spend that in in other ways, and hopefully you have no mortgage a lot earlier in life, and so you can do a lot of cool things that you might want to do um, that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do if you had a mortgage over your head. I think um, obviously, like paying your mortgage off earlier than you would think is kind of. This might be naive of me to say, but it seems like quite an easy sell to it. Like if you wait, if you could went to a hundred people in the street and said, I could help you pay your mortgage off earlier, I guarantee most of them would say, yeah, brilliant. But have you come up against some people having like a trust issue? Like thinking, oh, well, you know, of course I'd love to pay my mortgage off earlier, but maybe that's like a, almost sounds too good to be true kind of thing. How have you kind of approached like building that trust that, okay, this isn't something that has like hidden fees or has this kind of hidden kind of, cost structure baked in to um, this uh, and being able to pay it off earlier. Like, has that been an issue that you guys have kind of sort of came up with? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I think with any kind of a company kind of launching a, a FinTech, um, financial services is obviously, um, tend, you tend to, um, as, a, as a consumer, deal with um, you know, brands that you're well, you know, you're very familiar with. So whether it's um, the traditional kind of banks like Barclays and HSBC and Santander's of the world, or if it's on the kind of the, the fintechs, it's the, 
the ones that are high, you know, a very kind of got a good profile with us, and ones that are a revolute or stumbling blank. So when you're a, a new player and, and no one's heard about you, um, the first question they kind of ask is, are you, you know, are you trying to trying to scam them? And so you know, we've done kind of simple steps. Obviously, we're, we're FCA regulated, so um, so that's obviously um, important, and we 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 make sure we we tell people that we're. Um, you know, that we're FCA registered and it's on our website, it's, it's within the within the app, etc. And so that builds an element of trust. Um, another thing that we're doing is we're, we're trying to build organically. And so we do a lot on social media um, to kind of educate people and, and tell people about things, whether it's about kind of educating them on, on, on mortgages and what they can do better, or whether it's about our story and, and making us come across a little bit in the human um, and be very transparent around what we're trying to build and what journey we're on um, to kind of build that element of trust. Um, and then lastly, I'd say on the security side, um, a lot of people are worried about, like, because we're dealing with people's money, they're, they're, they're concerned about whether you know something would happen there. And um, we've, we've done a lot of work within the app to kind of make sure we do like um, security testing and where we're we've got the right kind of infrastructure in place. And so we've invested a lot um, to, to kind of make sure that everything we're doing is is, is, is um, not harming our, our early early adopters. So has there been any um, apps or platforms or brands that have inspired you on your sort of journey to create Inspire? Yeah, um, I'd say um, three apps in particular, um, Moneybox, Plum and Chip, and they're, they're all kind of very, very, very similar. But I love the concept of being able to just chip away and take and take money from your kind of personal bank account and um, and put it towards whether it's investments or, or savings. Um, and that kind of got me thinking, well, why can't you do the same for, for debt? Um, and, and so that's when kind of it got it kind of got us thinking, well, a lot of people when they think about paying off their mortgage faster, what they end up doing is they end up saving like tens and twenties or thirty thousand pounds or whatever, like a big chunk of cash. And then they'll, they'll start kind of making these huge overpayments towards their, towards their mortgage. But there's no real, real good reason for that. And you save a lot less interest, a lot, a lot less interest by doing that. And so using that kind of chip money box model, just by putting a few pounds a day, et cetera, you know, we think that that can have a, a significant impact. So definitely inspired by those companies. So, um, I think one thing that's come up on our podcast quite a lot is when we talk to entrepreneurs, I think a lot of them, and this isn't exclusive to all entrepreneurs, but I think a lot of them have, done what I guess you call scratching your own itch. Like they've they've worked in an industry for a long time or they've been interested in some sort of like, whether it's like we had a, a guy who runs a vegan-based, a plant-based um, fitness app. And he obviously has been vegan and been a personal trainer and been into sort of personal training and sport and fitness for a long time. So do you think your background in kind of the finance industry, did you see something kind of happening there where you said like, okay, I've seen things like Moneybox and Chip and I've put two and two together and realized you can do this for debt. And um, did you think that working in that industry kind of gave you that spark, that kind of thing to be able to see, you know, something happening so you can decide to kind of take the plunge and go out on your own? I think um, my, my corporate background um, has really helped kind of develop my, like, develop my skill set. So whether it's my, my network or whether it's, kind of communication skills, organizational skills, all of that stuff, it's really helped. In terms of coming up with this um, this particular idea, I think it was a little bit forced in that we were literally sitting down every day trying to come up with a, a business model that we thought would work. Um, and we started to really kind of look at 
um, what was happening in, in kind of financial services uh, from a disruptions perspective. Um, but we also, because that was our background, financial services. So we felt like if we were going to do something, it should be in the financial services space. But in my, my background's banking, not mortgages. Um, but what we, what we did do is we did look at what's out there in the market. Um, also, um, there is a, 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 a large digital broker called Trussell, um, that, um, actually my, my former employee, Goldman Sachs, invested about 18 million pounds in them. And so that got me thinking about the kind of the mortgage space and kind of the combination of my own personal experiences, kind of seeing open banking and seeing what's going on there and, and, and maybe kind of you know, some of the, the news that I heard um, around Trussell that kind of all fell together and, and that's, that's, that's where, where it happened. How's, um, how's the mental fatigue been? I mean, with obviously with everything with the pandemic, I mean, how's that affected you in terms of obviously gone from a, a stable paid job to obviously setting up a startup and then we're through a pandemic. Um, how's that been? Interesting. I would say, I say, um, I was used to, you know, having a, you know, financially being kind of quite in a good position. So I didn't have to really think about money, which is, which is great. Um, obviously I, I left, left that comfort and, and now I'm letting no, no money. Um, so that, there is mental, uh, mental stress for that. Um, my wife, um, we had, a, we had a son kind of two, three years ago. Um, and so we have a young child and obviously my, my wife's now gone part time. So th- there is challenges around that from, from a financial perspective. I think COVID obviously take the biggest risk of your life. And then suddenly COVID hits because I left last, uh, last August and I wasn't thinking that anything like this would happen. And that also brings challenges. So the good thing is we raised the, you know, a chunk of our investment and we were towards the tail end of, of our, our funding round. And then, and then COVID hit. Um, that, we lost probably just, the, just as soon as that was announced, there's about 80,000 pounds that we were on the verge of basically getting kind of closed out and those investors decided to just hold um, and just kind of watch what was happening because COVID and some of them had kind of big businesses on their, of their own and they wanted to kind of deploy resources there or, or just kind of really focus on on that and not take the risk to survive. Um, and so that, that definitely brought challenges. Um, and in terms of kind of we were a team, so we, there's two other co-founders that, that started up Sprive. So we kind of lean on each other um, to kind of make sure we get through it. And we, any challenges or roadblocks that we have, the great thing is we can use each other as sounding boards to kind of make sure we're not making these crazy uh, decisions um, that make you know, that make no sense. And, and that kind of helps you kind of get through it. Cool. So what's the roadmap look like? So obviously we've got, obviously you're in beta at the moment. Um, what's the roadmap look like? Yeah. So, um, at the moment we've got an app that helps people, um, essentially kind of chip away at their mortgage, make kind of smart mortgage overpayments to their, to their lender. And that's kind of what we call MVP. And I was really keen to make sure that we got some version of the app out to people as quickly as possible so that we could start getting feedback, try to get an indication of what's working, what's not working. And then from there, we, we kind of get people to tell us why, if they're using it great and what, what will they need to kind of make the app even better. And for people that don't use the app, ask the question why, um, so that we can add those things. And, and definitely we want to kind of have a culture where we're doing that. On the side, we've also been thinking about, well, what are the kind of things that we want to do to kind of improve the, um, the app more holistically? Um, and so, um, I mentioned like the kind of the, the money box, the chip. Um, so at the moment, we can't automatically help you save. Um, at the moment, we send you a prompt and then you, you make the payment, um, via your, via your own banking app. Um, so I'd love to be able to do just one touch, um, one touch kind of tap and automatically the money goes towards your mortgage. And so we're, we're building that. 
Um, the other thing we're looking, we're looking to build is there's about on an average day, about 10 to 20,000 mortgage deals. And it, we find that it's super hard for people to kind of decide which deal they should get. And we will tend to find homeowners either going within their existing lender and, 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 and selecting a deal or they'll go to a mortgage broker. But because there's deals all the time and your financial situation will change based on your, based on, you know, your income, based on your spending, based on your loan to value. And so we want to create, um, an algorithm that essentially monitors the market 24 seven. And as soon as we think that you're eligible to a better deal, start to kind of help you switch your, switch your mortgage. So, um, that's something we'll definitely be adding, um, once we've kind of done the, um, kind of the automatic payments, um, piece. Um, and then the, the last thing we're playing around with, and we're looking at a few different options, um, but I'd love to give people rewards and cash back. So at the moment, you, if you make a overpayment with your lender, you save interest, but you know, that's the, that's the benefit that you get. But there's there's no additional support or, or reward. Um, I'd love to love to be able to um, allow you to get you know five ten percent whatever whatever deals we can get with different retailers that you love to shop at. So that's another another way we want to add stickiness into the app. Cool, cool. So picture yourself. You're going into a time machine. You're going to go back in time. What would you tell yourself to do differently? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> as as a first time entrepreneur. You, you kind of learn the hard way. Um, as in, I've, I've got, um, a good bunch of investors who are, who are seasoned entrepreneurs and, and, they, and I use them as a sounding board. But what you find most difficult is once you become an entrepreneur, you're now a jack of all trades. Yeah. So I before had a very specialized area within banking and I knew it inside out and I could do my job with, you know, with my eyes closed. Um, we think, you know, even if I was extremely hungover, <laughs> I'd get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> But, 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 but now it's different. Like, uh, marketing, for example, is, is something I know nothing about. Branding. There's, there's kind of on the finance side, there's things that, you know, I've never kind of been as involved in. And so I've had to learn, um, uh, and kind of get scrappy and, and talk to people. And that takes time and even finding good people to do certain things. Um, so finding someone to do, help you with social media or find someone to help you with your marketing plan or your, or refine your business model. I've kind of had to, it's taken time to kind of build that knowledge and, and build that network. And so if I went back in time, I hopefully would like to, like, I would know all the people. But that, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. That, you, you, that have helped me. Yeah. You never, you never nailed that first time. You always make mistakes because you, 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 you go with your gut feeling, but then you'll be seeing like, you realize, ah, that's not what I actually need. I need this. And then you go and find that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, we've, we've been so far touch wood. We've not had any major, major lessons learned. Um, but I think now's, now's the time. Now that we've got users and, and they're, you know, they're telling us you know, what they want and we're going to make real big decisions and, and that's going to you know, take a big chunk of our budget, um, towards certain, certain parts of, um, of what we're building. I think now's the time's going to be where you know mistakes can happen, but we're trying our best obviously to, to avoid that from happening. So we have um, a lot of people who listen to this podcast. The big um, reason kind of, well, I guess one of the reasons why we started it really was to try and tell stories exactly like yours of, you know, we, I'm sure you've probably read hundreds of books on, you know, startup entrepreneurs and founders and stuff. And they're always from the same kind of group of people you know, like Silicon Valley startups or therefore people who have kind of already made like quite a big company that's quite highly valued, but there's there's not much around people who are actually going through it in their day to day. Um, so one of the things that we always ask people is what's the kind of bit of advice you would give someone 
there was maybe where you were a couple of years ago, you know, they're working and they've got that secure job. They've got a kind of thing where they're kind of, you know, go through the day to day and they've got that kind of sorted, but in the back of their minds, that one idea that won't just leave them alone, that kind of thing where they're thinking, oh, I, I could do this, I could do this. So what would you think would be that kind of bit of advice to get to help those people get started and kind of take the plunge like you did? Yeah, I think the best advice I can give someone is to not quit their job straight away, um, especially in light of you know, the circumstances that we all find ourselves in. Um, really validate the idea. I find a lot of people have this really great idea and they think it's good. Um, and then they start building something and kind of go down this rabbit hole. And I think it's really you know, important to whatever you can to validate the idea as much as possible. So let me give you an example. I mentioned Sprive you know, and what we're doing now is idea number six. So we had a lot of great ideas. Or we thought at the time were great ideas. And as we kind of peeled the onion, we realized they weren't very good ideas. <laughs> um, and so what I would say is, um, I think first thing is, is are you solving a genuine problem? And if obviously if you think that, that's great. Um, but then you need to validate, well, who's my, who's, who's actually suffering from this problem? Um, start going out and talking to them and, and trying to get as much feedback and, and whether it's, whether it's surveys or whatever you can do to try to get a sense of what the problem is and, whether you know the solution that you have in mind, whether that's going to really you know, make a make a big difference, and then like, the other thing I, I would recommend is um, you can put some of your own money in, and that's fine. But the real, I think the real test is if you can convince other people and um, to put their own cash into the business idea. Um, and so think about thinking about well, what is the minimum you need to do to convince people that you know, to give up some of their cash um, so that you can start kind of getting things um, rolling. And for us, it literally was a PowerPoint. Um, we put together a 10 page PowerPoint, um, and we started talking to people within, um, like consumers, um, but also people within the mortgage industry. And we found that you know, we started to get real, real, real interest. I remember an example, um, I think it was a couple of mortgage uh, companies, like traditional mortgage businesses, and we started talking to them and they were like, we want to invest. Um, and, and that kind of you know, gave us a, a bit of a warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, so that's my best advice is don't jump in, jump in too quickly and, and build something, validate the idea as much as you can and then start moving forward. What's so interesting. It's, um, I remember seeing, reading, it was either reading or watching a documentary, like an interview from Steve Jobs years ago, and he calls it the idea disease, like thinking that the idea in your head is the whole thing, when really it's the actual doing and seeing if it actually works and executing that's the real thing. So it's really interesting. That's what we hear from pretty much most entrepreneurs we've interviewed. It's not, it's very rare that someone happens on their very first idea and it's perfect and it's exactly like they think in their head. I think one thing that'd be really interesting actually ask you, and it'd be really interesting to get your perspective, especially someone with a background in finance, approaching investment and things like that. What was kind of your experience with that and kind of what was your learnings when approaching people? Because um, I know you said you mentioned you had that kind of money on the table, and then it was kind of, uh, put on hold because of obviously the pandemic and stuff. So what was your um, experience like going to get investment for your idea? So obviously I'd never had zero experience in terms of getting uh, investment. So it, it was a bit of a learning curve. One of um, our founders, his, um, someone in his network um, is, a, is a seasoned entrepreneur. Um, he, from, from like in his early twenties, he basically launched his own, own startup and it, it was a huge success. He was actually the founder of secretsales.com. And we, um, we sat down with him and we just said, like, we, we've got this idea. We don't really know, you know, how to get investment. Uh, what's your guidance? Um, what's your advice? And so he kind of sat us down and he was, he was great. He kind of walked us through 
what an investor would expect and how to create a good pitch deck. And, and then we created one and then he kind of ripped it apart and then improved it, etc. until he was like, this is a good pitch deck. And, and he was like, now, if you want, I can start introducing you to people I know in my network. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, how we, how we went about it. Um, in terms of the, the actual pitching, it was really just, we kind of knew the business kind of on what we were doing inside out. So it was really just talking through the rationale. And another big part of what investors really look for is the team. So, um, and I, I, I was quite early on, I was, it was very important to me that we built a, a good team. And so I, I find I see a lot of like single, like sole founders and, and that, that's fine for certain people, but I, I always want, feel like it's good to have a sounding board and not try to do everything yourself. And also I have an area of expertise, but the other you know, other areas that I've just got, I know nothing about. And so I think the combination of having a great pitch deck that had been kind of reviewed by someone who was seasoned and also building you know, the right team. So I mentioned earlier that a colleague of mine that I worked um, with at Goldman, he kind of jumped on board. So the two of us were, were kind of initially kind of starting this project, um, but then we were a fintech and none of us knew how to code. So we decided to to bring on a, a CTO. Three of us was kind of the solid foundation and he kind of seasoned um, kind of data engineer. And so the investors seeing on paper that we had this really strong team of, of um, individuals that were willing to sacrifice their corporate jobs, have, you know, have over 35 years experience, as well as having a really good you know, idea, compelling story, and a great pitch deck with all, you know, all the financials and, 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 and the, comp- the competition analysis and et cetera, et cetera, and the market analysis um, put us in, in good stead. That's been, it's been super enlightening talking to you, man. It's been really interesting to see your journey I think I'll, I'll be, you know, keeping an eye on what you guys are doing and, you know, best to look at the, for the future. And, you know, when you've kind of grown a lot, we'll definitely love to have you back on. And, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, talk more. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to getting access to the platform as well, Janesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, we, we released another, I think, another 30 people onto the app this week. Okay, cool. Um, I'll, ch- I'll check, um, uh, Martin, if you're, if, you're, if you're on the list. If not, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can give my... Uh, I'm asking for a little bump up the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to use it. I think it's amazing. I, I see the value for, for me, 100%, and for everyone else. I, I think it's a brilliant idea. And um, yeah, I, I know it's going to be a success. No, thanks, Martin. No worries, cool. cool. All right, mate. All right, cheers. Cheers, Janesh. Yeah, no cheers. worries. Thanks for your time. Right, cheers. Thank cheers. you. Bye.